Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 406 of the Dark Adventures Podcast. And most as always, I'm Tyler. And joining me with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Cable. What's up, buddy? Tell you what, man. I'm feeling pretty good. I got some good gaming deals today. And on top of that, it's like I have been playing my fair share of retro games. And also some of, like, games I've been playing previously. But mostly retro stuff. Nice. But, uh, yes, to let the listeners know, today I went to my local Walmart... Decided to check out the game section like I generally do. No PS5s, no Xbox Series Xs. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Walmart's kind of a little bit of a stickler when it comes to that shit. But in regards to the Nintendo Switch section, there was a couple of discount liquidations that were going on, and I managed to secure Xenoblade Chronicles, the definitive edition game that goes for 50 bucks that was released last year, I think last March. Now that I think about it. May. May. It was Memorial Day weekend. Okay, Memorial Day weekend. I don't know why I remember that. I, I do. I don't know why I was thinking March. But that's not the point. The point is I managed to buy it for $10. That's a freaking steal. That's a great deal. It's a great deal, man. I decided that, you know what? $10 for this. I'll get another Switch game along with it. And lo and behold, there was one copy of Astro Chains left. So I bought that alongside of it, and I basically got a two-for-one without, <laughs> without like, uh, much hassle, honestly. I was just shocked I got a first-party Switch game for $10. That was, yeah. like, what, not even a year old at this point? No. That, that That's a great deal for a game in general, especially a first-party Nintendo game. That's rare when it comes to those type of uh, games being discounted that low. But yeah, I'm very happy to get that. But yeah, you know, the week's been pretty much as it has been, you know, a lot of things going on the work, a lot of workplace stuff. But yeah, it's been pretty much fun with me. How about yourself, cool. Tyler? It's been a pretty lousy day, Gables. Oh, Not gonna lie. Yeah, I understand. It's uh today was the the Packers and the and the NFC championship game. They win, they enter Super Bowl, they they lose, they lost. So it was a frustrating game, you know. Uh, it, I'm glad it was the early game, though, because yeah. where I was four hours ago, five, what was it, about four hours ago when it ended, I was in no mood <laughs> at all. <laughs> I, I forgot how bad the, that, that feeling is. Like, they lost last year to the, the Niners in that same game. But, uh, and you I mean, you, you, they lost, you know, the Niners lost, your, your team lost the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. Like, that's crushing. I've seen them do it once, uh, you know, albeit I was nine. But it's still still watching Elway and the Broncos beat you know beat them in '98 was a uh, was tough, especially as a kid. Um, you know, and it, you 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 know not seeing him go back for another 12 years because like I I started watching the Packers when I was a kid. From the time I started watching, they went two years in a row. To me, it was just like oh, there's this dude's all the time, and then not go for 13 years uh, was you. I mean, and all the you all know, be very were, you know Packers fans very spoiled. Uh, you know, we went from Favre to Rogers. We had a a not so peaceful transfer of power between those two, but uh, it happened, and um, <laughs> you know. But uh, you know, it, it worked out. A couple years later, we got a Super Bowl out of it. So that you know, in twenty eleven. Um, so, but I will say, though, when it comes to football, 49ers fans, we are very spoiled, and I mean very spoiled. And this is coming from a hardcore Niners fan as well. Sure, tales of the eighties, the success with Montana and Rice. Yeah, my first memories 
when I was five years old, I actually watched the Super Bowl between the 49ers and the San Diego Chargers. Oh, this yeah. is the hat. This is a hat from that Super Bowl. This is a hat that yeah. one of my friends actually ended up giving me about a year and a half ago because he had it in storage. And he's a hardcore Seahawks fan, which is kind of hilarious in its own right. Why would he have a Super Bowl hat of the 49ers? Yeah. It's beyond me. But I can understand what you're going through with that regards. Because it's like, as a Niners fan, that's the last Super Bowl they won in 94. Yeah. Where I've seen my yeah. Niners... Yeah, they did lose a bunch of the Packers inside the playoffs inside the 90s. 98 happened, that sort of stuff. But made it back to the Super Bowl, lost in 2012, lost in 2020. Obviously, it's heart-wrenching because it's like you grew up knowing that, oh, yeah, the 49ers were just to get back to that playoffs into that Super Bowl. They will get that victory. No. Yeah. Nothing's ever guaranteed, especially inside the NFL. But yeah. the thing to take yeah. away from that, even though it's like there's a lot of stuff that happens with your team or a lot of stuff happens, is like there's always a tomorrow with it. If not, it's like they'll always yeah. – if there's some sort of like a rebuilding that goes on, here's hoping that like a team – or here's hoping that they'll eventually get back to that spot, you know? And, yeah, I've been very lucky to see my team go to three Super Bowls, win one of the three, but still. <laughs> yeah, 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 there's nothing, you know, it's like I, I grew up very spoiled, where, like, the, you know, I grew up, uh, I'm, I'm a Pistons fan in NBA, and I, you know, grew up in, I, I missed the Bad Boys Pistons, like, they happened, I think it was, like, 80, like, 88 through 92 was, like, the Bad Boy era, I'm born 89 and then um you know they but they were still competitive and good in the in the 90s but back then I was you know I was like every other kid that wasn't that didn't live in a town with the NBA team or stay with the NBA team we're all Bulls fans and then when you know Jordan retired it was like you know like I always I always enjoyed those games the most with the Pistons and the Bulls and that's what made me become a Pistons fan and then growing up or you know in my teenage years and you know a little older watching them in high school and right after like right after when I'm you know early 20s where they were they had the fab five you know and they were they went to the NBA finals seven years in a row only got to the finals twice won one lost one uh I still can see uh Mono Ginobili hitting that wide open three oh in game five, game six of the NBA finals that year to <laughs> when when the all the Pistons Pistons stop them they win the championship and instead they they uh Mono Ginobili hits that game winner and then they lost it in Game Seven. Uh, that was soul crushing. So uh, I, I mean, yeah, that too. I mean, hell, I'm a hardcore Oakland A's fans, Oakland A's mm -hmm. fan as well. Where it's like, I still have nightmares in regards to Terrence Long not swinging at that ball and took a strike, pretty much looking against the Yankees in that in that freaking championship oh, yeah. series that would have led them to the World Series. Jeremy Giambi not sliding into home base where he could have fucking slid into the home base. I'm sorry, but that's how I still feel about yeah. it at this, how long yeah. ago it was in the early 2000s and stuff when the Oakland A's had the trio of Hudson, Mulder, and Zito, the best pitching starter, startups, inside the entire league at that point. But yeah. at that same point, it's like, when you're a hardcore fan of a team, like you with the Pistons and also with like the Packers, your Iowa Hawkeyes and stuff, me with my 49ers, the Oakland Athletics, hell, I'm a Giants fan as well. I mean, hell, I'm an odd duck, but... The Golden State Warriors, good case and example and stuff. That's a team that I would watch games off and on for years, and yet they never had any like great teams, mind you, until the 2010s. They started winning yeah. championships because of smart 
like dealings they did in the draft, the NBA draft, alongside getting guys like Kerr, Steve Kerr, one of the best head coaches in the entire fucking league, managing to get all these stacks of picks and everything else, and being spoiled watching the Golden State Warriors make it to the finals like five years in a row. And then yeah, like, win three. And win three of them. Man, such an awesome time right there. But it's like, when you're a sports fan, you take some, you lose some. But yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, yeah it's, I mean, we're, yeah, we're, we're getting we, off. We, I mean, I, yeah, I know, but it, you know, it, it, you know it's, we're, I know we're, we're a video game podcast, but we also talk about what's going on with us. And that's what's going on with me. Yeah. But yeah, you, you've been there, you know, you, you know, you watched in the Super Bowl. Uh, unfortunately, you'll lose when, yeah. um, you know, we've seen, I've watched my Packers lose Super Bowl. I've lost five heartbreaking NFC championship games. The Packers lose in the last 13 years, you know, they won one, one and lost five, three were blowouts um, or two were blowouts. Three, they just lost in the last minute, you know, and it's like, it's, it's just soul crushing those, those feelings. So, uh, but anyways, you know, that's, uh, you know, it's fandom, you know, we're fanatics and that's, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll live by the sword, die by the sword kind of thing. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm ha- like I said, I'm happy it was the early game and like like the the other game with the Chiefs and Bills just finished like 20 minutes ago um, as of recording this. Um, and it's and, uh, it's the most unappealing yeah. Super Bowl that I ever could have possibly imagined. Yeah, I mean, as I've gotten older, I've learned to like I just appreciate greatness, but it's like it doesn't anyway, on top of the Packers losing in soul crashing fashion, and but it's just like it's Tom Brady who's been in you know, or around every Super Bowl for the last 20 years versus Patrick Mahomes, who will be in or around every Super Bowl for the next 20 years is the way I feel. It's like we're just, like I told it's just, Tyler. we're literally watching a, a torch passing. Like I told Tyler before we started recording, it's like Tom Brady, I guess Tom Brady Jr., quintessentially. Yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah. It, it, yeah. We're just, you know, we're just watching one guy that's the greatest of all time uh, at the twilight, you know, 43-year-old year or two left in him versus Mahomes who's 26 years old and has you know now 15 years in him so um yeah so uh anyways this is a uh, video game podcast where we typically talk about video games uh <laughs> for the most part we when, we when we stay on point uh but yeah that's where we are um but uh anyways uh cables uh you know it's been a, been a decent week for uh, some news um uh, you know n- nothing groundbreaking but you know like last week it just seemed like like i said like what time like every day it felt like uh, one or two like we can build a show around this topic um for this week was like happening every day it was like a topic like that where it's like we can build a show around this it's like fuck it's like there's five of them we can just build a show around but yeah, this week some pretty cool stuff uh nothing like i said nothing groundbreaking but a, a pretty solid news week nonetheless uh, i want to start off with uh one that i was looking forward to I think a lot of people were for I mean, for different reasons. Then I mean, we were ex- excited to see Resident Evil Eight and get probably get a release date. I think that was like, the one for sure thing where we're getting Resident Evil Eight release date. Um, but some people were hoping for more. We didn't get more, well, we got more, but it's not more what we wanted, uh, which I'll get to here in a minute. But uh, Resident Evil Eight showcase happened. It was around. It was like fifteen to eighteen minutes, something like that. Um, it uh, it it, it, it gave a release date May seventh, my birthday. Yay. Uh, that's happening. It's, uh, they also announced it's coming to everything, not just uh, um, the PS5. Uh, that's what they initially announced for, because that was where it was revealed. That was a PS5 event. It's coming to uh, all the consoles and PC, PS4 and Xbox One as well. Um, there was a uh, demo that was that was out 
the, that day for um, for PS5 owners. They said there's going to be, I don't know if they said it, I can't remember. If, oh, yeah, a different demo will be available later this spring for all platforms. So no idea what that means, but we're going to have a different demo. Um, we got a gameplay. We got some more gameplay, some real actual like gameplay. We got another story trailer in there, and then uh, they announced that um, a, a game called Reverse is a um, multiplayer game that's going to be. It says they said it's going to be free with Resident Evil Eight, which whatever that means. I don't. You you buy this game and you get it for free, guys. That's basically what they said. So that's gonna be my, that's my new favorite thing. I was like, hey man, if you just pay sixty bucks for this, you get it for free. So yeah. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, anyways, they announced like they spent a lot of time talking about all the different editions you can buy. Um, there is a uh, like there's like one that actually kind of looks kind of cool with uh, uh, Chris Redfield, um, it's like a statue. But it, I can't remember. I don't know what the price is. I think I'll look at it. But anyways, uh, you can pre-order it now. Then they like I said they announced they announced Reverse, which there was that, that was that rumor. Like a lot of people were thinking like there's that a rumor at the, the the Capcom leak a couple months ago with the. Uh, there's a re, there was a Resident Evil Outbreak reboot or something going on, and I don't know if this is that this is that or if it's this is a different thing, uh, but it's a new multiplayer spinoff. It's going to be um, they it, they didn't really show a lot. We saw 15 20 seconds of gameplay, but it's like looked like it was like in the in the uh, the police department from Resident Evil Two in parts of three, and uh, but they put like a weird Borderlands comicy uh, like sheen over it. And, uh, you, you like, you could play as, um, like they had Leon, they had Claire, they had, uh, um, Jill. And I think I can't remember who else was in there, but it looks like you took a free for all, you shoot them up. And when you die, you come back as you can come back as nemesis or, um, whatever, like you can come back as, as other enemies. So, uh, there's no other details on that. Imagine we'll hear more later on. And then, they just showed the same trailer we saw uh, for that Resident Evil Inf- uh, Infinite Darkness, uh, the CGI um, uh, animated series that's coming to Netflix later on. But there was like, they kind of, they mentioned it, but they didn't talk about it. And I believe they said there's going to be a beta test coming later on for that Resident Evil, that RE, that RE-verse. Um, I don't know. Oh, then they also announced that, uh, why did my camera just go away? Something happened to my camera. Uh, but anyways, um, they announced that if you played uh, Division 2, you you can unlock some gear in that game for your character. So, um, yeah. Uh, Gables, um, what did you think when you saw this? I love the Resident Evil Village trailer. I thought that it was well articulated. Definitely there was a lot of intrigue in regards to how things were situated inside that, like that big old mansion that they showcased predominantly that stuff. That eight foot tall lady, and I believe those three yeah, meters. Step on me. <laughs> nah. And in terms of like, uh, like her and I, I, what I'm thinking is like her three daughters in that regards. That's what it kind of looked like to me. All the witching, all the gothic sort of like aesthetics and stuff like that. And what got kind of yeah. got me is like making point of reference at the last game, like uh, Resident Evil Seven. Is like, oh Heisenberg, he escaped his grasp and stuff. Blah blah blah. He failed. You know, the stereotypical, oh, this last dude failed, blah, 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 and so on and so forth, but we'll get him this time, blah, blah, blah. Last time I can remember a game making a reference about that was like the intro sequence in Ninja Gaiden 2 on the NES, where it's <laughs> like, oh, you know, this, uh, yeah, I'm going to be a lot more tougher than the Jacquio, this and that. You know, it's it's sort of similar to like a classic sort of story trope where it's like, okay, you think the last guy was bad? Now this person right here, now this guy tops him. So I kind of like that sort of aesthetic 
where it builds up the the more mystique, the more like prestige of this game because it's supposed to be quintessentially a lot more ambitious in scale than Resident Evil 7 was in that regards. Now, bar in mind, I still never have played through Resident Evil 7, but I've heard a lot of great things about it. I do have access, <laughs> if I really wanted to, to play it. But from what I saw from the Resident Evil Village trailer, I did like a lot what I saw. I did like at certain moments and stuff, if you do something wrong, you know, you could end up, like, getting auto-deaths or instant deaths or whatsoever, especially with those witches roaming around. I do like that they maintain sort of the inventory mechanic that was prevalent in, say, like Resident Evil 4. I mean, that was pretty cool, in my honest opinion. However, in terms of like the crafting stuff, I'm not sure how they're going to be implementing how they're going to get that stuff worked and fine-tuned, but I don't really like pinpoint, say, crafting with Resident Evil all that much. They're like a little mixture of things here and there, combining items, but... Yeah, that's kind of... Yeah, I'm curious what they mean by that, too, because I'm like, when, they're, when they talk about crafting, I'm like, I mean, they kind of kind of do crafting, because, like, you can combine items together, or you, like, that's sometimes a puzzle. It's like, yeah, combine these jewels with this to right. unlock that, you know? So, like, I, I don't know. I guess combining and crafting are different things, but that, that's kind of what I had in my mind. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, no, as, you know, as long as they maintain the mystique of what makes Resident Evil Resident Evil, which is the atmosphere of, like, the survival horror type of feel in that regards with it i feel that capcom may have itself a great game on its hands in that regards now saying that aside that that freaking 800 pound elephant in the middle of the room to go to re-verse i was completely underwhelmed with the re yes to be permanently lightly it looked like an average like uh first person online shooter when essentially it's matchmaking or team deathmatch sort of feature didn't really see much team match now i think about it but quintessentially it's like a specific mode inside of some online games and it's kind of hilarious how they tout it as like oh this is free when it go when you buy resident evil village and this and that you know it's like it looks weird i don't understand the direction of what they're going with this stuff i mean okay it's a multiplayer mode that's separate from resident evil village or whatsoever you know it's like yeah so honestly i was very much underwhelmed about it. I don't really care to be that honest. But uh, Resident Evil Village stuff, so that was fine. It was interesting seeing the CG stuff for like the uh, Resident Evil like animated like CG movie sort of thing coming to Netflix. Yeah, it's supposed to take place after Resident Evil Four, which that makes sense. But uh, yeah, is that the one that? Oh no, that the live action one. It takes place with the um, what's the bad guy's name? Uh, the mate, like the, for which? Fuck, for for like Resident, the Resident Evil series in general, the first four, five. Oh, the first five um, is Albert Wesker. Yeah, like that one. I think the live action one's like his two kids. Oh, think, okay. Yeah, this the the children of Wesker. Okay. Yeah, I think that I can't. I I, I can't. I keep mixing them up. I think there's three in development. I think there's two animated and a live action, but I could be wrong. I can't keep track. Well, there were a couple of CGI ones that were prevalent. Yeah. But those were like a number of years ago at this point. But uh, overall, you know, the the whole presentation for Resident Evil, I thought it was all right. You know, it showcased what it needed to showcase first and foremost. It wasn't really as long and stuff, so it didn't really outstay its welcome with a lot of boring details and this and that. But uh, I, <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny how they had to confirm the fact that, yes, we are making last-generation games, but last-generation yeah. copies of Resident Evil Village. I'm like... 
we're at that point now with cross-generation where developers have to confirm, yes, we're bringing it to PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of weird. Like, I felt like, I mean, personally, like, was I a little like, oh, man, like, they're putting on the last gen. But it's like, it makes sense. It'd be stupid for them not to. You know, I get it from a business perspective. And I think it's better for a yeah, fan base. Where it's like, especially where it's like, it's not like there's a million or like 10 million PS5s and Xbox series is out there well, and there's no yeah. one's buying them it's just we can't buy them or people can't buy them how the fuck are we um, supposed so... to enjoy a ps5 and xbox <laughs> series x when sony and microsoft have made it hard for us to get to buy yeah the retailers have made this freaking hard to buy and on top of that we have people claiming to be freaking robin hood with their stupid scalping bot shit that's yeah. going through and buying literally thousands of these consoles in order to get the most markup prices possible so it's like where is this next generation? I'm seeing the games. I'm seeing them on the retail stores, but without the actual consoles in people's hands, unless you're we're incredibly lucky and end up managed to pre-order one inside a brick and mortar store. <laughs> yeah, it's doesn't really feel like next generation to me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I get it. Um, them doing that that makes the most sense to me. Uh, I, I I I don't. I mean you. And I've heard some people talk about that, or you know, especially where it's like, oh, well, you know, they're backwards compatible, whatever. But it's like you think about it, and I was, you know, I remember talking about the time where it's like I feel like you know the new consoles, PS4 and Xbox One came out in 2013, and I'd argue it wasn't really till 2016 where we started to actually like that. Like I remember like 2015 when Metal Gear Solid Five came out and everything, and I was and like that was just everything. Just that was just the thing. Everything came out. There was a few a few cases I know. Like I remember Assassin's Creed. Um, I think it was Unity only came out on the PS4 and Xbox One, but then they made the one that is only on the last gen consoles, like 360 PS3, and then for the most part everything was on everything, and uh, it just I, I, I get that, and I I I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if it was 2022 and we're still getting you know like those fall big fall games are still coming to both. It wouldn't shock me, especially third party. Maybe first party by then will will fall off, but um, it, it just it, it just it makes complete sense for that but anyways moving on to the actual showcase itself uh you know may 7th that works out for me uh you know i'm kind of th- this you know there's, there's a few pretty good games coming out um i think in the first chunk of the year so far that we know of uh like we, we've been I, I think you know we've been talking about i've heard a few other people talk about it was like this year we just don't know a lot there's there's not even that many games like announced that we think might actually come out this year it's just like there's a lot of games where it's just I mean, who know? We probably don't even know they're going to be coming out this year. We don't even know exists yet. Um, but uh, you know, it's, it's coming out May seventh. Good time. It's a great time. Some would argue the best day of the year. Um, but uh, yeah, I love that date. Um, you know, May's May's kind of like that a weird month where you, you don't usually get a lot. Usually, like you get a lot in March. You usually get some stuff at the end of February. You get a lot of March because people want to get it out for the end of the the fiscal year. Then you have a few things that kind of like bleed over into April because they didn't quite make that fiscal year, but you know, May just, you know, May, a solid month. I love May. I'm, I'm also biased about May, but May, May feels good. Um, a lot of good things happen in May. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, I like the gameplay trailer. Um, the, uh, we, we, I was joking around last week about, you know, Marty, uh, Nintendo making just furry fans because of Mario in a cat suit. How, how many people are going to be big, like into like, what's that? What's it called? Like giantess 
whatever people like to be stepped on that like that weird porn genre. Sadists. Gables don't look at me like that. You, you you know you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking Masses. about. It's not massive, but those people like those weird. Don't act like you haven't got scrolled through a Pornhub and you see that weird. <laughs> you see that weird thing where it's like a, a guy, a guy getting shrunk down or a guy getting stepped on. Don't act like you don't That's know. That's what I thought. Um, like Massacist or something strange, crazy. I don't fucking know. I don't. I don't click on it. I just see the. I see the thing, <laughs> the headline, and I see the cap like with a weird caption thing. Okay, I don't click on it. I just know it's there. I know it exists. <laughs> oh god. But anyways. Uh, you got, people just learn a lot about me right now. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, it, 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 you know, we're just creating a lot of weird. Um, weird dynamics tonight, Tyler. <laughs> yes, not us. G- gaming I is. I know. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, like, I just like the, the story of it so far. I, I don't, Ethan was okay. Uh, I also feel like, though, he didn't. I, 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 don't, I don't think any of the characters are necessarily super strong in any of the games anyways. Um you know, I, other I like I talk about like our game of the year stuff when I saw Resident Evil Three. That was like the first time where I'm like, I'm actually in the Jill Valentine as a character. Like I, they actually gave her some, like, not a lot. I mean, but for a Resident Evil game, they they gave her something. You know, I'm not talking like this isn't like Naughty Dog level of like building some you know character development and shit. But um, yeah, I'm interested to get more into the backstory of it. You know, with him and his, his wife, and then they have a kid. I think Rose is its name is her name. Uh, why the hell's allegedly Chris Redfield stealing her daughter. Why do these people want her daughter? Um, why are they in a castle in the first place? Um, like I'm actually intrigued and uh, I actually put the demo, which I'll talk about here a little later that came out for PS five. Um, but um, yeah, like I liked what I seen. I'm, I'm more excited. I, you know, I put like I talked about last year or last year I played Resident Evil seven for the first time. Finally, after multiple attempts of uh, just sitting down and playing it and I ended up beating in a whole day and like one whole day. Uh, and I enjoyed it quite a bit, but it, like I wasn't, I think, you know, it had been three years, over three years at that point. I wasn't like in it when everybody was playing it and blown about it. So I had time to jump into it and, you know, my expectations were different. Um, but I, I enjoyed it for what it was. But um, I'm definitely excited for it. I, I like it more. It's a little more scary. I and I, I, I kind of like these bad guys more than the Baker family. Uh, and the idea of just being in a castle seems kind of cool. And then you got the Duke, the, uh, the merchant. Um, he just seems like a weird guy. He's not. I was hoping we'd had the return of the the merchant though from four. I just want to see what you're buying. Ah, I'll buy it at a high price. You know, like I I, I wanted him, but it, this will do. Um, yeah, I don't know. Overall, I'm excited. The Resident Evil, the RE verse thing, cool name. Dig the name. Uh, but I I thought the uh, the game. I don't know. I, I obviously we don't know what we don't know a lot about it. Like I was thinking, like oh, it'd be kind of cool. Like maybe like. You know, people like, you know, Dead by Daylight kind of stuff or like, the, you know, the Friday 13th Predator stuff where it's like, you know, like one guy is a main bad guy and then you have four people trying to take him down. That can be kind of a cool aspect. Like, you know, there's definitely an audience that likes that. I don't know if putting that in behind a a, a, a game and, you know, charging $60. I mean, everybody's going to buy this game for Resident Evil 8, the campaign, not for REverse. Just like Resistance. But I, I guess no one liked Resistance in general. Like, it was just a bad game. But it's just like, I don't understand, like, Capcom keeps trying. To make Resident Evil multiplayer a thing, and they just it doesn't work, you know. We and it's it, I don't understand why they keep trying. It's like they they're worse with the internet than maybe Nintendo is, honestly. <laughs> it's like I think they're the worst. Like I, I can't like even like Monster Hunter World. Like they make great games. They make really good games that people love. But it's like Monster Hunter World. Like everybody like talked about. It, it's like oh I love that game, but it's like p- doing the multiplayer shit was just 
awful. And like hearing people talk about what they had to do to like get into a game with their friends, just as Gables takes a huge bong rip. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, bong. <laughs> as I'm drinking on a water bottle. <laughs> yes, yes, water. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I thought, underwhelming. And I don't really know what they can show me that would kind of make me like think differently. Like, like I was like, I talked about last week, like Resident Evil gameplay itself, like the shooting and all that, not super fun, but that's not what you go to Resident Evil for. Right. You know, you go, you go for the spookiness, you go for, you know, that's like, and that's the, the backlash man five and six, where it's like, I don't come here for a great, well-made game. You know, I come here for the, the, the world that you build stories that are semi-interesting but it's like more so it's like this is a a horror game this is an a action game you know and it's like i don't it's like dead space 2 like when ea forced them to make a multiplayer uh component of their game it's like you actively just made your game worse it's like if anything like this should be like its own separate thing that comes out like free to play you know it's like the resistance was riddled with fucking uh uh um uh, microtransactions that you can do it's like I, I'll be. Uh, I assume the same thing with with our universe will be the same thing. Just fucking make it free to play, and then uh, put the microtransactions in that, and, and maybe you'll, you'll grow a better audience. Better audience because I feel like a lot of people are going to play that Resident Evil campaign, and then they're done with it. You know, I mean, people might go back later, but no one's going to stick around after they beat it and play our universe. But I feel like I would have a better chance of surviving putting it out there for you know for free or for ten bucks, something cheap. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm more excited than I was for RE, RE8. I've already I, I have in fact pre-ordered it. Um, and I'll talk here a little late, a little bit later about the uh, the demo. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty excited for it. Uh, sticking with uh, Resident Evil for a thousand here. Uh, so some news kind of came out. Like there's a lot of people like I don't you know I mentioned it too, but I wasn't really I wasn't didn't think it was going to happen but it was kind of like a stretch thing it's like kind of like when you go to a director like oh man this is they're gonna talk about this 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 and this but it's like in the back here you're like no they're not but it's like you, you just kind of hope um but uh anyways uh oh, why is an ad popping up god damn it here um, okay so anyways um so resident evil 4 is apparently getting like a partial development reboot due to some internal disagreements so this is a rumor uh, here so this is an article from IGN a much rumored remake of Resident Evil 4 is reportedly seeing a partial reboot at Capcom a change of development leadership after disagreements over this direction VGC uh, reports that per sources close to the project core Resident Evil studio Capcom Division 1 has taken the lead on the project with original developer uh, M2 seeing its role reduced the change could apparently lead to a 2020 2020 2023 release date um, and the, the, the assumption was it'd be 2022 uh the report explains that following a project review, uh, uh, I keep wanting to say Mewtwo, but it's M2. It's really throwing me off here. I uh, was seen to be too faithful to the original ga- uh, game with Capcom preferring that the remake take inspirations for Resident Evil 4, but introduce new elements and features. Uh, the, the, the latter approach was taken in both the uh, Resident Evil 2 and 3 remakes with varying levels of fan response. M2 is said to have wanted to stick with the uh, Resident Evil 4 formula due to backlash against Resident Evil 3's changes, which saw portions of the original game entirely removed. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, big change there where you have a, you know, I think both studios were already working on it, but one was leading it and the other one was like, you know, kind of helping make it uh, in the background as a support studio, but now those roles have reversed. Um, I, I mean, this one's a little different, you know, because like Resident Evil 3, the the version I played last year is all I know of Resident Evil 3. I never played it even back in the day. At least I, I might have played like bits and pieces, but I never 
played it, played it. Um, much like Resident Evil 2 when you really played it. Um, so for me, I played through it and enjoyed it, but I know there was like a huge chunk of taken out of it. I, from what I from what I heard, for the most part, people said it was for the better. Like a whole boss was taken out, a whole chunk, like a whole area was taken out. But a lot of people said that like that game, like that part of the game was just terrible. Um, but I know, I mean, I know there's a lot of hardcore fans that like, but I get it. You know, it's, it's you know, as a hardcore fans, like, you, you know, there, you have a, you have a love for something right. when you look back upon it. It's like, I don't know, like if someone remade Metal Gear Solid 1 and totally took out chunks or changed things, I don't know how I'd feel about it either. But um, I, from what I played, I enjoyed the game. I thought it was fine for what it was. Um, Resident Evil 4, uh, you know, it's like I tried going back, playing Resident Evil 4 a while back on when it came out 360, when they did the HD uh, re, uh, remaster um, and it's like oh boy this game does not play well <laughs> and uh, you know this is like 2010 2011 um, but like and I, I mean that's a game I probably beat more than any other game in my entire life I probably beat that game 15 20 times um, and uh, I don't know I, I could probably play through that. I played so many times I could probably play that whole game in my mind right now um, but I, I don't know like I'm not but I'm also not dedicated enough to like that that to the Resident Evil fans or fandoms um, you know, where I'm like, ah, don't change anything. But it's like, I also feel like the story in that game is dumb. The story in all Resident Evil games is pretty dumb, to be fair. But it's pretty much like in, in that one. Yeah, it's pretty much like in uh, accordance to the series in and of itself, where it's like, it's outlandish, it's cheesy. There's a bit of like that cheesy yeah. movie horror sort of thing. So, yeah, and it's just like, I, I mean, they make changes and make it, make it play better. And then also kind of help with the um, overall flow of that game because there's definitely chunks of that game where you just you just run around backtrack and do a lot of shit that you don't need to do it's just like if you're just gonna make it a better tight experience like i'm not complaining like how many times do we have to fight the gigante or whatever the hell they're called like it's ridiculous uh i don't i don't need to do that um you know and then with the the fact that you have the president's daughter with you it's like there's a lot of part pain points in that game with her and it's like you can just you could take some shit out of that fix that make it better so i don't know make i, I mean i'm not who knows exactly how much they want to stick to it, but I'm not too upset about it. What about you, Gables? Hmm. When I hear about this conflict in that regards from the, the Capcom's internal studios and also with M2, the critique is M2 was uh, falling along the lines of too much, like the original release. Yeah, they basically were just making a remake, like a one-for-one one remake of RE4. Now, you see, I understand where... M2 is coming in this certain direction because you don't want to really piss off a lot of like the uh, older fans or like the fans that loved this game initially when it came out. At the same time, I do agree with you, Tyler, that there are elements of Resident Evil 4, despite it being a mm. great game, especially releasing to all the commercial like success that it did back in the GameCube PS2 generation. There are elements I wish would be better changed inside of the modern day settings. One, I really wish that it had the Resident Evil 2 Remaster's control style in that regards. I mean, hell, I would love that. I also would love it if they take out some bit of the portions of the escort missions with Ashley. I mean, that was one of the most annoying parts inside of that game. I mean, hell, you could have it be like an escort mission sort of thing, but not have it be as obtrusive or as brain dead as some bit of uh, yeah. some sections of Resident Evil 4 was. Now, here's the thing. Even though, personally, I've never beaten the, the entirety of Resident Evil 4, I have gotten at least partially to those points of, like, the escort missions and this and that, you know, until finally I decided to stop. But uh, from those experiences, you know, I was really enjoying everything else. So 
as long as M2 is there to try to keep things a little bit in on regards to how the classic does feel, and as long as Capcom's internal studio does not add too much of these gimmicky new features to it, or deviates so much from the initial content to where it feels sort of like how you know Resident Evil 5 or Resident Evil 6 felt, you know, where it's too much like inside of one direction or too gimmicky for its own good, you know, it's like. I do welcome some modernized changes to Resident Evil 4, and if that means I have to play in 2023, I mean, hell, I'm okay with it. I mean, for God's sakes, I have the original Resident Evil 4. I can just easily go through if I wanted to have my Resident Evil 4 fix. And besides, yeah. wasn't it initially that people were upset because of the inklings of, oh, hey, Resident Evil 4 is going to be remastered and blah, 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 and it's going to be coming out soon? I mean, oh, come on, you know, blah, blah, blah. I want to go Veronica, this shit and that shit. But, yeah. At the end of the day, it's like, I think it's for the better that Capcom does get initial focus upon what they want this remaster to be, because even if it was, say, a one-to-one remake, people would criticize the hell out of it, because why would you spend so much for a one-to-one remake of a Resident Evil 4 remastered when you could buy the exact, the original game on the same freaking service, (laughs) like, say, for PS4, Xbox One... Hell, if you really wanted to go through and get one of the better versions, get the freaking Wii version. I mean, that one had at least the pointer and stuff and had the best adequate controls, in my honest opinion. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be one of those interesting times with that game. So I'm looking forward to seeing what else is going to come out of this. But I don't think it's all doom and gloom like some gamers are suspecting about it. I think this is actually moderately for the positive because this could potentially lead to a better version of a classic game. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, you know, it's just like you were saying, you know, like I, th- this was a lot of people were talking about, you know, this is like probably the most important remake you can do of all of them, besides maybe the first one. Um, you know, and it's just like when the, you see the drastic changes they've taken with two and three, they're basically like changing ha- whole aspects of the uh, stories and changing, you know, we're, we're just we're just totally like getting right up. Excuse me. I just took a huge drink of my beer. Um, but. You're just doing complete changes of like stories and cutting things and adding new things. And I love the idea of that. Um, I'm curious if they're going to do that with five and six. Uh, hopefully that'd be awesome. If they just like, we just yeah, five and six. Don't exist. We're just going to re- remake them. Or I guess you can keep five as is, but change for things. Uh, and six, so you can just like, yeah, six. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're just going to burn that next to the Packer Packers defensive coordinator. We're going to put those on, just light them on fire. Um, anyway, I'm still bitter. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, no, I, I, you know, like think about right now, I think I would argue Resident Evil, um, the last, since like 2017 is, this is the hottest it's been since probably it came out initially, like in what, 98. So it's, I would say it's more important to, you know, you have a lot of, I argue you have a lot of new fans right now and be more important to make, keep them happy and bring on new fans of the genre than, the fans have been around for a while because they, they're they're, they're hardcores are gonna keep they're gonna keep buying them no matter what, you know. And it's just like a more about like keeping these new fans happy and create keep creating new ones. Um, and I think the route they've been going with they've shown with two and three like they know what they're doing. Um, and hopefully they can keep that going with um, uh, with with four. And I, you know I'm excited for the the changes they can do and make it better. But I, I mean I can understand as a hardcore like. This is considered one of the hard, one of the greatest games of all time, and you know, this is one, probably one of the harder remakes you can do. It's like even like Demon Souls, like everybody loves that. I mean, you look at the the, the new the remake; like, people love that game. It's it's doing 
really, really well. And the reviews are awesome. People that play it love it. But then you like those to the people like the hardcore Souls fans and like they hate that game. They hate some of the things done with it. And it's like it's a very small, minute audience. You know, it's like the, what, what's the the vocal minority kind of thing. It's like it's a very there's just they're most vocal, but they're the smallest group of the most the ones that talk the loudest kind of thing. And uh, I think that's that's just gonna be the case where it's like you're gonna hear the most. You know, it's just like you're gonna hear the most. Uh, from the people, but it's, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, there's like 95% of people that love it. Don't talk about it. It's just that, you know, anyways, um, I hope it turns out well and I hope it, you know, it works out for better. If we had to wait an extra year to play it, that's fine. Um, just, you know, get it right. Um, because if they fuck it up, that's really bad. If it comes out and it just isn't good, that's a bigger ordeal. I'd rather them swing for the fences and do this and get it right. than play it safe and then it doesn't come out or doesn't do well then it's just it's a lose-lose for everybody um anyways moving on to some uh some kind of sad news here gables vicarious visions is uh no more studio has been around for over 25 years um is no longer around this is uh i'm, I'm reading this article i fucking hate these fucking pop-ups uh game entry.biz um uh, article uh, it's a, it's a website i actually check out quite a bit they do some they cover a lot of stuff that like the bigger sites don't cover which is kind of cool some of it's it's more businessy like some of it's like over over my head but i I just want to point that out but um so activision blizzard who uh owns vicarious visions uh has said that uh vicarious visions is no more and they're just kind of being absorbed by uh blizzard uh to help work help them work on their games um it's a it's a merger is what they're saying uh, going forward, Vicarious Vision, uh, Visions team of around about 200 people will be employees of Blizzard, and a fully uh, and a fully de- dedicated to existing Blizzard games and initiatives. Which means uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two Studio will no longer be creating games as a lead developer. Uh, this is a quote from them. After collaborating with Vicarious Visions for some time and developing a great relationship, Blizzard realized there was an opportunity for Vicarious Visions to provide long-term support. A, rep- a representative explained to us uh, they declined to specify what the team is working on blizzard or for how long uh as part of the move uh vicarious vision studio head uh jen o'neill has been promoted to blizzard executive vice president development where she uh joins the company's leadership team um o'neill is being replaced in the vicarious vision studio head role by simon uh who previously served as uh c coo for the studio um vicarious visions was bought by activision in 2005 and has worked on many of the publishers' biggest franchises over the years, including Guitar Hero, Spider-Man, Tony Hawk, uh, Crash Bandicoot, Destiny, Skylanders, and Call of Duty. Uh, so, really uh, sad uh, kind of turn there. Where it's just like you, you the last two games they put out. I'm gonna, I want to, I'm gonna pull up there. Uh, I want to go on the Wikipedia page, see, put, just kind of get an idea of all the games they've they made. But the last two games they they they've brought back two franchises. They you know, they totally nailed. I didn't care for it, but I know a lot of people loved it. And it, we got a crash four. They brought back the, the Crash Bandicoot franchise with the, with a trilogy, and then just just a few months ago, they put out fucking Tony Hawk Pro Skater One Plus Two, which was fantastic, and one of the best selling games of last year. I think it was one of the ten best best selling games. I think it was tenth, but it was one of the best selling games of last year. And then to see that they're just here's your reward, guys. Uh, you get to go work, help Blizzard make games now. Uh, it's just. Uh, it, it's just heartbreaking. It's just like, you know, and it's like, I'm not, even as like, I'm not saying I love their games or like, oh, I've, I've played all the games. I'm not a hardcore fan, but it's just like, it's just really sad what this means for like the, the, 
the gaming world where you, you or the, the, or the business side of it where it's like you have these big studios and it's like we always bitch about ea where it's like they they buy these big studios that make great things and then they go to ea and they just they kind of peter out and then they then ea closes them and then we see that with activision now where it's just like there's a dude that's put out two phenomenal games for you and has revived two long dead fucking franchises and as a reward like you guys can go up help blizzard make overwatch two levels and it also makes you like okay we're like how bad are, th- are things as bad as blizzard as we think where you, you, you hear about you know it's like blizzard has always been able to do its own thing because they were always super successful you know with like world of warcraft and diablo and everything they put out was just until they people loved it well even when they were when they were when they merged with activision you know it's like that was like the big thing where people talk about where like you know it's like activision for the most part left them alone because they were like just just pouring in money you know it's you know, with, with World of Warcraft, like now you've seen, like it's still super successful, but it's not what it was when it came out. No, and then you know, like <laughs> you know, Diablo three is done phenomenally well the last decade. Sure. Um, but then they had that I can't remember what it was, but they had that remake that came out last year, and it was one of the did, worst remakes that they was that popped. Warcraft three. Yeah, it was it was so bad that the initial that for the ones the people that actually bought Warcraft three that remaster it actually replaced. If you had the old game on the computer at that point and stuff like that, it actually replaced, it updated over it, and it was a bastardized oh. version of Warcraft Three, and it was one of the worst games that was released over the last year, and a lot of Blizzard fans were very angry about it, and I don't blame them at all because here you are with an inferior version of a game that you played and enjoyed a lot of back in the day, and it was ten times better than what Activision, you know, shat out into the freaking wild. You know, it's like. Yeah, so I'll just look at the list here. I'm, I'm going, I'm scrolling through the list on the Wikipedia page, but uh, yeah, it's just you know, like, but they, but they've killed Overwatch. They have that one bungle there with that, and it's mm-hmm. like, are they, and it seems like now Activision is slowly like, kind of taking over that, and it's just like instead of like, you know, you have this the studio that's doing phenomenally well instead of giving them their own thing and giving them a different franchise to like, here make this work. Like we, we you've given us two dead franchises and we've knocked them out of the park. You know, like let us make our own thing or give us something, give us a new challenge. It's like, no, you're 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 just done. We're just gonna have you go over here. It's just like, and it's the total opposite, almost of EA, where it's like, like I was saying, like they, the EA buys these great businesses, these great game developers, and then makes them make games a certain way with a certain engine that just doesn't work, and it totally goes against everything they are, and then it doesn't work. Surprisingly, it doesn't work out, and then it's like, oh, EA is like, oh, you guys can't do this, and we just close you, and. Here, Activision, they they have the studio. They give them this. They create two great games, and it's like, ah, oh, we're gonna close you anyway. So it's just like, what? It's like, it's, I don't know. Like, it's crazy how like I, you look at like things like Ubisoft is. I mean, right now I would say they're. Uh, it's hard to make the argument for a long time though. They were taking more chances than ever. They created all these new franchises over the last decade. They totally. They tried all these new things, and like you'd argue now, like everything is just all their game. They make they just keep you know pumping out Watch Dogs and uh, uh, Far Cries and Assassin's Creeds, but like there's still like that certain part of them. We're like we're getting that that Republic uh, that weird racing game. We got that um, uh, we got Mario plus Rabbids. We've gotten um, all these incredible things that they they try. Sometimes they fail. Sometimes they don't work out. But like they try out some. They take chances, you know, it's like, right. but they have these, these, these franchises that they, um, you know, they know that it will sell well and do well, but it's like Activision is like, they just keep, uh, we are a call of duty 
pumping machine. That's all we do. And then we're gonna, you know, we're gonna make. Uh, then we got Blizzard over here. That's just you know, this, you know, they got World of Warcraft to, to follow on. We got Overwatch. And it's like, you know, like they're not taking drastic chances. It's like no. you guys all, oh, you guys did really well, but you're not pulling in Call of Duty money. They're more you know, concerned about transactions of established games. Yeah, and, and I, I, and it's frustrating. It was like you guys are breaking them, but the you know they're raking in all this money, but it's just like. Okay, cool. You guys can take chances. You guys can do some other things, but it's like, no, nah, we're gonna keep just doing that. And it's just like it's so short sighted to me. It feels like where it's just like, you know, where it's like you see, like, like I was saying, Ubisoft, they're they're making new franchises. They've they've made all these new franchises and they've they've rebooted like Far Cry, like one and two, like those came and went. They were whatever, and then three came out, bam, blew all. You know, Assassin's Creed, same thing. They totally redid everything. They took a year off, totally redid everything. You know, Watch Dogs was, was something they tried out. You know, like I was just saying, all the others games they've tried out that come like i said there's some that fail there's that weird um uh what was that one that had like the star fox uh like the the spaceship one that you can like attach shit starlight. to your fucking not not starlight uh <laughs> fuck Freudian but it's on everything um it's something else god but it's only on the switch you got the star fox one yes, and I it's like I, I i got I own the game. It's it's literally sitting in my closet, unopened, uh, with the Star Fox because I bought it for like five bucks. That's because everybody did. But um, you know they, they take these chances. They do some cool shit. Like even EA is, you know, they'll do some things every now. And then. Not a lot, but they do some stuff. Uh, but it's just like I, I don't know. It's just it's frustrating. You know, it's like invest. You know, they're not investing in the future. They're just pulling out the same shit. If like it doesn't make us a billion dollars, we don't give a fuck about it. And it's like you see Blizzard like slowly but surely over the last couple of years. Like it's just one bad thing after another has happened for them. And it's like, man, how bad is Overwatch 2 when they announced the game two years ago and a CG trailer. And they, we, I know they, I think they said next month that we're going to finally hear some more about it, but it's like, we haven't heard anything about it. We don't have a release date. We have nothing about that game. Um, I don't know. It's just, it sucks. It's a bummer. Um, you know, it's too bad. It's just, it's what, you know, it's, it's all the things you hate about big business kind of shit. Um, so yeah, anyways, Gables, what was your thoughts? Honestly, I was very angry about the whole departure here by Vicarious Visions, considering that they actually released some of the best games in regards from Activision over the past couple of years, in my honest opinion. I mean, look, Vicarious Visions was instrumental in having the Crash Bandicoot remasters, you know, re-releases. Those were pretty damn fun. That actually was pretty great that we were able to get a classic series like Crash Bandicoot pretty much remaster the entirety of those first three games. Then they go on and they make, like, games like, say, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater remaster, like, 1 plus 2 and stuff, and that was fantastic. It was the first time in years where I felt like I was playing Tony Hawk like it's actually supposed to be played, you know, of, like, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I dedicated my whole, a lot of time playing that game last year, beating the first two campaigns. It definitely felt like a trip down memory lane with a lot of that stuff. Then Crash 4 was a great success in and of itself as well. And it just feels very somber in terms of that. that now they're absorbed into Blizzard and now going to be focusing upon, well, contributing to whatever the hell type of, of microtransaction pumped machine. Either it be an Overwatch, either it be maybe some bits of Warcraft or whatsoever. Obviously, the people that worked at Vicarious Visions, very talented people, very talented 
like uh, designers, makers, this and that and stuff, but to get absorbed into that, you know, and all of a sudden it's like be rewarded with, oh, okay, now you're going to go ahead to be absorbed by this. That's It's absolutely bullshit. It is bullshit because in the gaming industry, it's it can be so weird to like one game or one or two games may make or break a company, but even if a company does well and creates some great games or actually revitalize franchises, which... That's what Vicarious Divisions end up helping do. They revitalized Crash Bandicoot, revitalized Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, and now they're gone. They're basically fodder for, like, Warcraft, from what I understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just sad day in Gainville, man. It's just one of those things where, like, nothing ever, you know, it's like, the thing I heard a lot was, like, there was, it's something, it's true. It's like, no good news comes on Fridays. No. You know, it's like, especially like, you know, in, in businesses like this where like closings or layoffs, something like that, they always announce that on a Friday because they just hope that everybody's going on the weekend. You know, it's, it's Friday. A lot of people won't recognize it or won't talk about it. And by Monday, something else will happen and we'll forget about it. It's kind of, you know, um, and it's just kind of sad that, you know, I mean, I guess on one hand they didn't close, they didn't close the studio and 200 people have jobs. Which is good. It's not like the kind of thing we're used to, where it's like, yeah, we just fucking shut. We we just laid out a bunch of people. It's like even Activision. Just two years ago, they record record profits, and they lay off a thousand people. Yeah, they laid off a large major, a large part of their workforce in that yeah. company and stuff, and uh, they recorded record profits because, of course, they did. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, ah, we didn't make enough. We're, we're having the best year ever, but we're not, we're not making enough money. Um, but uh, anyways. Uh, moving on to some weird news. This was like the big thing I was going to leave with. And then it very weird where it's like, you know, like I, I kind of mentioned last week with, with my, with my job I have now, it's very hard for me to, um, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time online throughout the day. So I kind of heard this news. And I'm like, what? I didn't have a lot of details on it. And then by the time I got home and kind of hopped on the internet again, I'm like, it changed. I'm like, Oh, okay. It, it went back to normal. So Microsoft increased uh, the, the price of Xbox live gold from $60 a year to $120 a year. Um, and all it's just, there's a lot to untackle here. Going into that, fucking nuts. And then everybody lost their goddamn minds. And then, I don't know, it was like super like super late on a Friday. It was like 11 o'clock at night, my time. they like, oh, never mind, we're not doing that. And on top of that, we're going we're gonna to take the free-to-play stuff that we hide behind our paywall, and now we we'll just make it so everybody can play it. So something... It was so funny. Like when I, I was thinking about it, it's like when you like you get in an argument with somebody, but like you talk, you're like, you're arguing about, you're going back and forth on the thing you're upset right. about. But then it's like, you get to the point in your argument where you're like now everything I'm upset about, I'm just going to, I'm just going to start bringing up now. I'm going to bring about, talk about shit that happened six months ago. Kind of that I didn't talk about then, but I've been, it's, it's eating me to the core kind of thing. Right. And it's like, that's how I felt about, felt like what the whole free to play thing where people on the internet were mad. Rightfully so. <laughs> Rightfully so, but it's like, hey, while we're bitching about it, you, why do you keep free to play shit behind a paywall kind of thing? And so like, that's how I felt about it. Where it's like, we've people have been mad for hours, and it's like now we're okay. Now we're just gonna bring up everything we're upset about, and it's just like it's very true. It's kind of a dumb thing where like Sony and Nintendo and the fucking Nintendo doesn't hide free to play games behind their paywall. That's very true. Um, nuts. If you're behind the eight ball uh, on Nintendo when it comes to the besides having great first party games, you're doing something wrong when it comes, especially when it comes to the internet. Um, 
So anyways, uh, they, they announced that price, uh, you know, and then, so basically it's like, people were like, so I, you know, like I'd pay $120 a year to plug and fucking play Fortnite or Call of Duty Warzone or play Madden or whatever. Um, people lost their fucking minds, you know, and like I said, rightfully so. Uh, and they went back, kept it out as is. Um, you know, a lot of people were talking about, it's like, well, to be fair, this is just their way of you know, getting them to get Game Pass. I'm like, that's that's fucking dumb. That's so stupid. Like, we're gonna give you this. We here's the best deal in gaming, guys. Xbox Game Pass, great fucking deal. I I I think Game Pass is, is a really cool thing. We I played some really good games. Two of my top ten games from last year were games I played because of Game Pass: Street Rage Four and Battletoads. Um, same with you. Um, and like we have the best deal in gaming, so we're gonna give you the shittiest deal in gaming to make you get the best deal in gaming. And I'm like, that's so you went from okay, so we're paying sixty dollars a month, so that's on average five dollars a month. But you want to keep that thing you already have, but we're gonna make you get this other thing. But now you gotta pay fifteen dollars a month. So now it's one hundred eighty dollars. Well, oh, so you, oh, that's you no know, people don't want to don't want to pay the extra you know ten dollars a month. So let's just make it so it's ten dollars a month now. So they have to get it. So at that point, they'll just go ahead and jump up and get it. It's just like, if that's your if that's your mindset behind it, then you're not doing it. If you don't feel like you have enough people going from gold to Game Pass, uh, Game Pass Ultimate, that is, that's something you're doing wrong. Not, I mean, you're there. I mean, don't like you. You turn on fucking Xbox, you can't not know about Game Pass. But there's something you're not doing to make people go ahead and just convert over. You know, and like it's easy to. I think one one of the things is like. I can just pay sixty dollars one time, and I don't have to worry about it for a year. You know, when it's like the most you can do with Game Pass is you pay forty five dollars for three months, or are you? So you can find deals every now and again. Like I found uh, a deal, and I bought I bought a year's worth for uh, one hundred twenty dollars because I found like there's three months for thirty bucks. But like, there's, if you're smart and you wait and you're patient, you can find deals. Um, but for people that just want to play their play Madden or play Two K or play Call of Duty or whatever, like. It's it's so it's so stupid to me, and I, I hated that argument for people. Where it's like, this is stupid, but to be fair, this is what they're trying to do. I'm like, no, there's no fairness around it. It's like you're just jump, you just. It's not. This isn't like people like people bitched about the ten dollar price increase from fifty to sixty, and like, uh, like I mean that sucks, but it's like ah, it's ten bucks. It's ten bucks for a year. This is double, you know, and it's like especially right like right now, this is a bad, you know. It's like we're in a pandemic. People are hurting. Blah, blah blah, it's the same shit we've all. T- I mean, that's not to gloss over, but I mean, it's just everybody knows we're in a global pandemic. The times are hard for a lot of people, um, and it's like this is a and people are at home more than ever. So they're probably a lot of people are probably gaming right now more than ever. It's because they're stuck at home, and it's like now we're gonna oh you guys we're gonna fucking capitalize on that. And it's like I you know I was thinking about it, like okay like I was one point paying ten dollars a month for Netflix. Now I'm paying. They just up my price again. Now I'm paying 18 bucks a month for for Netflix. But you know what? I was paying 10 bucks a month for Netflix in 2008. 2000, so we're talking eight dollars increase over 13 years. That's you know, a dollar or two here and there, whatever. You know, Netflix is a lot bigger than what it was in 2008. And I'm not I'm not saying it's right or wrong or whatever. But that's a big fucking jump from six from 60 to. To 120, big fucking massive difference. Um, even if you do the monthly thing and, and, and do it, whatever, it's just I don't know. I, I don't know. I I've been talking about for so long about Xbox has nailed 
consumerism with with people with saying all the right things for four years. And it's like they just need the games. And I'm we've been saying that they just need the games for a long time. But it's like everything else is fucking phenomenal. You know, like and this just feels like you know, like uh Phil Spencer, I I, I love whenever Phil Spencer is on my TV, I'm just happy because he's just a bright, cheerful, lovely. He just seems like a nice, awesome guy. And maybe it's all business bullshit, but he's he's but he's just really good at his job and making you feel like it's like he gives you that Reggie feel uh, Fizeme vibes. You know, I was like, all oh, right, cool. Phil's here. Everything's gonna be all right. And then, like back during the Xbox One era when we had Don, uh, was it, I think Don Matrick. And it's just like that, you know, sports, sports, sports. All we give a f- we don't fuck the gamers. This is all we care about. And dumb move after dumb move after dumb move. And this felt like a Don Matrick kind of thing where it's like the dark days of Xbox kind of shit. Where it's like all the worst things that came out of Xbox. He's the guy that put Xbox in the hole it was in. They even got to this point where they are now. Um, it just felt like he just came back from not the grave, but from like <laughs> he had like he had like some like deal. He's like, I can make one decision after like his contract at any point in time. He's like, this is it. I'm gonna fucking double the price of Xbox Live Gold. Um, you just see Don Patrick just go through, just rise from his like yeah. Zunga, like Zunga, like freaking grave or it, something you, like that. Like, oh yeah, because that's oh, right. He left there. I yeah. have one wish left. It's time to increase Xbox Live. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like I, I think like uh, like yeah, cause he, like and then like after like he left. Uh, Xbox to go there and then they like fired him like a year later but he got like yeah. a 50, 50 million dollar buyout for his fucking contract I know right so he's doing fine so uh, I don't know it's just I love everything Xbox is doing I I, I and I'm not say this isn't this isn't people were saying this was comparative to like the Xbox One E3 press conference which I don't think it's that bad no. and it helped that and I'm gonna give him some credit just a little tiny bit of credit not a lot just a little bit about them changing their minds, like, hey, we hear you. This, you know, this is what's going on. Uh, we fucked up. You know, I love, I love the fact they're willing to admit they fucked up because a lot of times, you know, I, if Sony did this, I don't think they would have changed their mind. No, they would. You know, no, and it's just if, Sony, if, no, no, yeah, no. and Nintendo would have done this, they wouldn't have changed their mind. It's like, fuck you, you'll yeah. pay for it. We know you will. Uh, you know, it's like so. I, I give all credit where credits due on that part, but not a lot, just a little bit. Um, you know. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's just wow. What a what a day Friday was. What what did you think, Gables, when you saw all this? Well, honestly, I like everyone else thought. I thought they were fucking out of their minds. Like it was like, okay, you're gonna increase the price of Xbox Live Gold from sixty to one hundred and twenty. And at the same point, as I understood, it's like, oh, I I know I understand you want people to go buy Game Pass, but this is the complete wrong way to tackle that. That's my initial impression that I had with it. Then I read ahead, like, hours later in the same day. It's like, not even 12 hours later, they just go through. It's like, oh, oh well, yeah, yeah, we fucked up on our end and stuff. We're uh, not only doing that, but we're going to also take away the bar so you can play free-to-play games without having to pay for gold. And all the while, I'm thinking to myself, it's like, they couldn't have actually been that dumb, right? You know, they couldn't have possibly have done something. There's got to be more to this than that. Some sort of psychological warfare sort of crap. But at the same time, I'm looking at it, it's like, you know what, maybe I'm giving them a little, maybe I'm giving Microsoft a little bit too much credit with that regards, because at the same time, they managed to accomplish two things. One, they got people talking about what they were doing. And second, there was something good that did come from it, and that was the whole 
oh, okay, we're taking away the bar that should have been taken away in the first place, which was barring people from playing free-to-play games unless they buy Xbox Live Gold. Not even Nintendo does that. And yeah. that's saying something in that regards. Where like like Sony, I said, yeah. sorry, like I said, if you're behind the eight ball on Nintendo when it comes to internet something, you're doing something wrong. But go on. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the thoughts throughout my mind before they retract their amounts was like, here I am, I have my Xbox One and stuff like that. I mean, I have Game Pass and this and that and stuff. It's like, I do not want to pay $120 for fucking my year of Xbox Live. I mean, what would I use it for, for God's sakes? I mean, I don't play online games all that much. And at the same time, it's like, you know what? I pay $120 for that. It's like you pay 60 or something like that for the PlayStation Network, and then obviously you pay 20 for Nintendo, and it's like, or you could just play online for free on the, the PC, and I thought to myself, it's like, am I really going to be a Switch and PC gamer if this keeps on going up? I actually had those thoughts in my head. It's like, I was like this close away, you know, because of that one announcement. It's like, you know what? Do I really need this Xbox long-term? <laughs> yeah. But, uh... Fortunately, yes, they did go through and retrack and redid a lot of the stuff that they had messed up. And that just kind of brings up another another question entirety. It's like, you see Microsoft showing interest in increasing online subscriptions now with more people being at home. That almost seems to tell me, it's like, I know they want to get rid of Xbox Live Gold because they want to focus on Game Pass, but... Maybe we're getting to that point where major gaming, like published, like major gaming companies, say like Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, may inch away, like itch towards this whole, like almost like a Game Pass sort of narrative, and using that as an excuse in order to increase prices to a certain amount. You know, I mean, Microsoft did it the wrong way, which was double the price of gold in order to entice gamers to get the Game Pass, but. If they did it another way where they just eliminated the $60 a year option and just say, oh, you know what, it's just going to be bundled in with Game Pass. I don't, I think there would have been some people that would have been up in arms, but at the same time, not a lot of people would have been really complaining to the magnitude that they did with this announcement last Friday. Yeah. And that's, a, that's a good point, too, where it's like, I mean, just a few months ago, we were talking about, like, when they got rid of the twelve month cards, they went away. It's just like, a lot of people were like, "Is that the end? Are we getting rid of gold, or is it just like, are they gonna make gaming free online, or is it gonna be like a whole, you know, like, is is this Game Pass gonna be it?" And I'm like, a lot of people were like, even mentioning like, "Oh, just get rid of, if you want to double the price, just get rid of Xbox Live Gold and just make it be a Game Pass." I'm like, that's not a good option either. <laughs> like, taking away options is not a good argument to me. No, it's the like biggest strength of Microsoft right now is having a lot of different options for people to yeah. choose by. If people just want to buy online sixty dollars a year, they can do that. If they want to go ahead and just get solely Game Pass, they can do that. If they want to go through and do like a subscription sort of thing or maybe even if rumor has it they want to do just a streaming thing to their pc and this and that they could do that and what what's also funny if they kept on their laurels with what they were changing you know what gamers could have actually done is like they have game pass for pc you don't even have to pay online yeah. to play games the game pass on yeah. pc 
and that's like that like that's what's really funny about it. it's like you're doing this whole thing but you're only fucking over the xbox people you're not fucking like you're your yes, most xbox loyal fan base you're, it's like yeah like you, this doesn't even affect the fucking uh the pc gamers no. it's like we just get we don't have to have gold we just play we can just get game pass and play or we could just buy Halo Infinite and just play when that game comes out. Yep. And don't have to have Game Pass, don't have gold, don't have anything. We can just buy the game from you and we're good. And it's just like, the whole thing is baffling. This isn't like like Sony thing where it's like their games are tied to only Sony thing. Like eventually, yeah, like Death Stranding and Horizon come to PC years later. But there's no there's no multiplayer components for those. But it's like, yeah, it, everything about this move, it just there's, I can't find a good argument for it. Like, oh, yeah, well, they're just trying to make people go to Game Pass. Well, that's fucking dumb. It's a dumb way to go about it. Well, just get rid of Game Pass or get rid of Golden. No, that's fucking dumb, too. Just keep it as is. Or if you maybe anything, just increase it like 10, like make a 70 bucks a year. I don't know. I, I understand it. Shit goes up. Everything goes up on my paycheck. That's what my dad always says, and that's very true. Fucking six years ago, milk was $2 a gallon. Now it's almost four. You know, shit goes up. I mean, everything, you know, it's, everything goes up in price. I understand that's how shit works. Uh, minimum wage doesn't go up, but everything else goes up. Um, except for, you know, where Gables is, some, some bitch. Uh, yeah, uh, the highest minimum wage, but at the same time, we pay up the <laughs> ass for everything else. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, anyways, uh, it, it's just, I, I, I don't know. It's just, I can't think of every argument I've heard. People try to make about it. It's not even like I'm not even trying to say it's Xbox fanboys or Xbox or whatever. It's just people trying to like make an argument for it. And it's like that. No, that no, like there's, there's no, no argument for that. I can't hear a good argument that like has a solid ground. But uh, anyways, moving on to some Sony news here. So uh, there's been this long-standing rumor about this. Uh, like it's like an open secret kind of thing where like no one acknowledges it, but we all know it exists kind of thing. Where like San Diego, uh, Sony has created a new s- studio in San Diego. Uh, and it's been a rumor for a while now that they're working on the the next, the, the so there's the studio is uh is working to expand upon existing franchises and and the rumor's always been it's it's a uh, it's an uncharted game because you know Naughty Dog after four that was kind of the wrap up with the franchise well, other than Lost Legacy but that was a wrap up with with Nathan Drake as we know him uh and then there was a LinkedIn profile from a former studio head who had uh, that um. So let's see here. Michael Mumbauer worked at PlayStation as a studio head until November 2020. And a segment on his profile detailing his work with the new San Diego team. Uh, his latest achievement is having built a brand new all-star AAA action adventure development team for PlayStation based in San Diego and utilizing pro- proprietary engine technology. Excuse me. This team was assembled to expand upon existing franchises and craft all new stories for the next generation of gamers. So... It's really weird, you know, that this has been going on. I think this rumor came out about a year and a half ago that they were making, that there was a new studio that Sony has, has, has basically built. But it's so weird where, like, they haven't actually, like, acknowledged it yet. Where I remember, like, uh, Xbox, like, built the, there was, I can't remember, the people that are making the Perfect Dark game, I can't remember the name of all the time ahead right now. But, like, like Xbox, as soon as they, they had the studio, up, like, up and going, like, they announced that it was, this is our quadruple A studio here. That's all. It's it's an all star developers. And like they talked about it. Like the moment they fucking started going there, boom. Like we're we're talking about. It, we're pumping them up. It's just weird that like we're just. It's just like it's a, a thing we're just not acknowledging. But um, I don't know. I mean, I like and some people are like, oh, maybe it's infamous. Maybe it's it, it's it's this or that. But it's like, 
our kill zone, our resistance. But it's like it, it makes the most sense, uh, you, at least going into this generation or in this time right now, where it's like maybe eventually those franchises can come back. But I feel like those franchises are dead, especially kill zone, with the fact that the the website is no longer existent anymore. They got rid of the uh, it's, just, it's closed now. Like that tells me that the franchise is dead. Um, it makes the most sense if you think about an existing franchise um, that developers like the, the those lead developers that created it are no longer working on it and try to make some more sense um and i think that's the one that maybe you know it's like that's the one i want the most obviously of any of those if they have another one of but uh i don't give us what, what, what's your thoughts on possibly getting more uncharted games it'd be interesting to see what direction they go into it and if naughty dog's not working on it i'm also interested in seeing how the game quality would feel that's definitely something to keep in mind but uh, I'd welcome the fact that there's a new Uncharted game, but how that would work, I'm really interested in seeing how it would. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm curious. Like, part of me, like, it, it's just, it's, it's so like, we lo- we both love the Uncharted games. Uh, I believe on that the year in 2016 when the last one came out, that was your game of the year. Yes, it was. Um, and uh, yeah, and that was I think I want to say it was like my number two. Uh, game for that year number three it was in my it was definitely in my top three so i would love the idea of getting more i mean it'd be different getting one that's not um naughty dog obviously but like just i don't know uh i i don't want them to, i don't i don't want anything from the future of like nathan drake after four i feel like where we left it there just be where we leave it you know like i i don't really need them to do much more with that franchise uh, as far as he goes, like I feel like his story's on. Make, if anything, you want to tell some stuff that happened in between other events, okay? Like I, I, I can, like I'm fine with that. Uh, but if it has anything post four, I don't want. It. But like, like a like a solely game could be cool, or something more with Chloe and Nadine, something like that. Like I would be, uh, I'd be all for. Like I, I'm very open to the idea of more of those games. Cause those games are just in general, they're just fun to play. Right. And I, you know, but it's like. Even like you know, uh, Lost Legacy not having Nathan Drake in it was like it's still a very good game, and those characters are still really well, um, really well told. I mean, obviously, N- N- I think Naughty Dog is maybe the best out in there out there right now when it comes to um, talking about like what the what their characters and the stories and, and what they build. And I think they're they're definitely the top tier. But I you know it's like I, I feel like I trust, and obviously I'm. Turning into a little bit of a fanboy with with some of these, but like, I I, I with especially with Sony, but it's like I trust them and what they're gonna do, and I, I I don't for the most like the games that they make they brought back and like I feel like right now they are on par with with Nintendo and like they don't have that long tenure obviously as Nintendo with with their franchises, but like I I feel like that that there's that we always talk about the Nintendo factor with their games where like they're just different from anything else uh and they're just there's a there's a feel to them there's something there's everything they always have something about them that's just joy and fun uh and i feel like sony of the last decade really you know sometime in the ps3 era the camera just went out again i don't know why uh but on the on the on the stream but um you know i feel like they are right there with them right there with nintendo on that on that art with that factor where they're just 
when a game comes out, it's gonna you know it's gonna be quality. And like are they all nine out of tens? No, but same as like you know you get those you get those good B games out there that you know that are perfectly fine. You got those you got you know you have those lost legacies. You have those uh, days gone. You have you know you have games like that. You know just like Nintendo has games like that too. You know? But I, I whenever they put a game out, whenever they talk about it, I I trust them. That, that game is gonna be good. It's gonna be quality. It might not be my game, but it's gonna be good. And it's gonna be quality. Um, so I'm all for it, and I, I I trust really whatever they do or decide. So uh, moving on though to our uh, very last topic here, um, we have one of my favorite things to talk about every month. We have the MPDs Gables, um, and I think we also have the the top selling games for all of 2020. But I'm gonna save that for I think I might save that for next week because we're going pretty long here. But uh, these are. The MPDs for December 2020. Um, I'm going to start from 20 like I always do. And we're going to go up. So number, you know, speaking of uh, Vicarious Visions, number 20, Tony Hawk Post Creator 1, uh, 1 and plus 2. Number 19, Cyberpunk 2077, uh, which this um, the Cyberpunk sales does not include digital. Uh, and it came out today or yesterday that Cyberpunk had the greatest digital launch of all time for games. Wow. Um, they had sold, including refunds, over 13 million copies. Uh, so number 19, Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, number 18, it'll be the show 20. Number 17, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. That's fucking weird. Uh, number 16, Mortal Kombat 11. Number 15, FIFA 21. Number 14, Smash Bros. Ultimate. Number 13, NBA 2K21. Number 12, uh, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Number 11, Marvel's, Marvel's Avengers. Number 10, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Number 9, Super Mario 3D All-Stars, number 8, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, number 7, Ghost of Shima, number 6, Last of Us Part 2, number 5, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, number 4, Madden NFL 21, number 3, uh, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, number 2, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and number 1, Call of Duty Black Ops. Uh, Gables, what's your thoughts on this list here? To be perfectly honest, this is really by the numbers. There's not really too many surprises during this last month in that regard in terms of sales. Yeah. It's kind of like what I was kind of expecting. Uh, obviously, the backlash for Cyberpunk 2077, you know, that thing has... Uh, it's understandable why it's sold kind of lower than what initially probably would have been. Like at 19, you know, it still sold fairly well in regards to the brick-and-mortar stores. But yeah, number 19, yeah. But uh, otherwise, you know, some of the other games, I completely understand where the spots they're at right at the moment like for example Spider-Man Miles Morales like Final Fantasy 7 Remake we're talking about the whole Christmas season stuff so people are getting gifts and that Marvel's Avengers that's been kind of discounted like in a lot of yeah. more retail stuff because of how it's online is let's see Super Mario 3D All-Stars no brainer Mario Kart 8 no brainer Ghost of Tsushima Last of Us Part 2 both actually had price reductions leading up to the holidays as well Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and you know what? The uh, obviously Madden, that's fine. Animal Crossing remaining very strong in regards to its sales to end out the year. Still waiting upon their last major update in terms of what they've had for January, personally. But uh, Call of Duty, no surprise there. Number one in terms, number one and number two in terms of games for sales. So the only really big surprise if you want to call it a big surprise, it's like, okay, Cyberpunk 2077, very low on the list, but like I was stating before, the games that at the positions, I can completely understand because it's either holidays or a, some sort of online fiasco or some sort of like launch fiasco, pretty much. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, wait a second. You know what, Gables? This is not December NPDs. This is the top 20 ga- selling games of 2020. <laughs> I read the wrong list. <laughs> this is the best selling games of the whole year. That makes way more sense why Modern Warfare is number two. I was just reading the, the top oh, part again. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah. So where's the where's the NPDs for, for December? Oh, wow. Well, I, my, my apologies uh. there, people. Yeah. Okay. I pulled up the wrong list here. That changes everything. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. That's even more impressive that Cyberpunk That's, 2077 is uh, number 19. Yeah. Only know, being out for three weeks. <laughs> wow. That's oh a totally different argument Lord. here. I thought it was actually from last month, but no. Yeah. This is for the year? Holy yeah. crap. Yeah. Well, that's why like when I got I said Dragon Ball Z Kakarot at 17, I'm like, that's weird. Why the fuck did that just pop up in December when it came out last January? Uh, like that. Um Okay, uh, but yeah, look at it. I mean, like we were just talking about Vicarious Visions, uh, Tony Pro Creator plus one plus two, fucking number twenty for the for the entire year. Yeah, for for gaming, that's I mean, I'm not, that's not you know, I mean, is it phenomenal? No, but when you look at they 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 had three games in the top ten, uh, the top twenty list. Activision did, and one you know the other two were Call of Duty and one and two. Just argument point even more. They have Call of Duty. That's all they fucking have, um, and Blizzard. Uh, but just, yeah, phenomenal here. Like almost, how I many Nintendo games are here? We got Animal Crossing three, uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe at eight, number nine Mario 3D All Stars, uh, Smash Bros Ultimate number fourteen. We got what one, two, three, four games in the top twenty, or four in the top fourteen here. Um, wow, man, I mean, we got Last of Us Part two at six, Ghost of Tsushima at seven, uh. Miles Morales at 12. That's incredible for being a, a game that came out in mid-November. Um, yeah, you got what? Well, you got four uh, PlayStation games. It's, it's wow, just incredible. I mean, it's it, I mean, it's still kind of like you're saying. What you know? It's just what, nothing really super duper surprising here um, when it comes to all this. Where you look at like all the biggest games that come out this year that always. Triple A games that always do really well, did really well. Um, just incredible to see Animal Crossing, you know, uh, you know, be out there and be number three. Like uh, it, you know, that that's that's only digital. That's only digital cables. That's only like that's digital. what. Yeah, that's only di- like when you got it's number three. Who knows how much it's you're talking about? Because uh, you know, Nintendo and uh, 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 Take Two don't reveal digital games. Take Two just stopped sometime this year doing uh, digital games, which is why Grand Theft Auto five has fallen off the top 20 list. Like, wow. I mean, Cause there was that streak every, it was in there every month for like 60 something months in a row or something like that. And that's why it's no longer in the top 20 list is because they, they sometime this year, they stopped talking, they stopped showing off digital sales. So like, you see like NBA 2k 21 at 13 guarantee that game is if you include digital, probably in that top 10 somewhere. Um, that's just, yeah, it's, it's incredible. What, uh, you know, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. If you include digital, I mean, it's it's the greatest digital launch of all time. I'd love to see where that would rank in here if we just had everything equal ground. And this is all this is all based off money of dollars earned, not co- copies sold. So I mean, that makes sense why you see some Nintendo games in there because those games are never on sale. Sometimes you get lucky, you might find them for forty bucks, or in Gable's case, find them for ten bucks. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, um, incredible, just incredible. Um, I, that, that shocks me. Marvel's Avengers 
number 11 for the year. And that game still lost like $60 million. Yeah. Um, and then you have Spider-Man Miles Morales right under it that had a lot shorter of a time out in the market. Six weeks. And yet still managed to almost eclipse Marvel's Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who knows where it would have been if it, um, you know, I mean, yeah, you know, a game been out, was out for four months compared to a game that was out for six weeks. Um, Spider-Man is out of it. Uh, uh, a new record for video games uh, sales, fifty-seven billion dollars in revenue for, the, uh, for in all categories across the year. That's twenty-seven percent higher than last year. Um, also helps the fact that you had new hardware and a global pandemic in that in that sense. Um, you know, with everybody being stuck at home, we all, we've all been talking about all year just how Nintendo has done this year. They have in the gaming platform, nobody's done better than them. Uh, you, know, you got like I said, Call of Duty is one and two this uh, this year. Um, Nintendo was responsible for eighty seven percent of console sales in Japan in twenty twenty. Wow, eighty seven percent. That's almost the uh, entire freaking market. <laughs> yeah, I want to find the December list, but half of the top twenty uh, best selling games of December twenty twenty were published by Nintendo. Uh, so ten of the twenty games that came uh, in the month of December were uh, Nintendo games on that top twenty list. Um, uh, Animal Crossing achieved the highest physical sales uh, dollar sales for Nintendo. Does make sense. Uh, it is a, it, of all time actually eclipsing in a calendar year, uh, eclipsing Wii Fit Plus in twenty in twenty ten. Um, so uh, CD Projekt Red uh, previously confirmed that uh, Cyberpunk sold over thirteen million copies, but the suit doesn't share digital sales. Um, despite that, the game still performed well through its physical sales. Um, let's see here, last was part two. I'm just reading some fun facts here. Last part two uh, finished 2020s uh, as as the year's best selling PlayStation exclusive, while also ranking as the sixth best selling title overall. Last was part two now ranks as the third best selling uh, Sony published game in U.S. history, uh, trailing only Spider Man and God of War. I didn't know that. I didn't know God of War was number one. I th- I, th- I thought Spider Man was still number one. Um, yes, yeah, so some you know, some that's incredible. How uh, twenty twenty turned out, you know. It's like, like I said, like a lot of a lot of stuff that we're used to seeing on here, but um, still kind of, it's always a little. The things that we're not used to seeing are the th- things that pop up that are always the most fascinating to me. Um, yeah, uh, pretty great year. I'll, I'll I'll find December's for next week. I didn't realize I grabbed the the, the overall. I want I'll actually want to do overall next week, and then December's this week. But uh, yeah, really great year. Wow. Uh, but Gables, that is it for our uh, topics for this week. Um, here's part where we talk about what we've been playing. Gables, uh, you been playing anything cool this week? Oh, uh, let's see. I have my little uh, thing in front of me, a little notebook. So basically, what I was doing is I delved more into Tawaga, like uh, Among Shadows. I went through and I finished that game. I actually beat that game. What's interesting about it, it's like, like I was stating before previously, it's sort of like you control like the directions of where you shoot and stuff with the right analog stick and also I did mention that I did pick up the game while I was on the eShop sale at that point for their beginning of the year sale for like $2.24 it is a fun it's a solid 4-5 to five hour experience there are a lot of fun things I love about it where it's like you get a bunch of different powers, a bunch of different like type of upgrades through the various like uh currency and stuff that you earn 
through beating levels and doing this and doing that, there are certain like aspects of like little achievements that unlock while you're earning a bunch of these like uh, points through either completing levels or going to the various modes and stuff. I completely maxed out all the stats of, of my character, and then for some of his secondary like magic abilities and stuff, I fully did like uh, the whole like flame like lava slug sort of thing where. It like stuns enemies inside of a specific amount of radius, and then I focused on the the wind repel element because I was having a lot more success with the deep with the default magic power than I was with some of the other ones. Hmm. But all in all, I went through the main campaign of uh, Tawaga. I kid you not, maybe about two or three times. I want to say in that regards. Plus, after you get done with that, there is like uh, the void sort of like sections to where it's just a standard like twenty. It's like the same thing as the regular campaign. I think it was initially DLC content that was with the game's initial release, if I'm not mistaken, but I'm really not 100% sure. However, there's like 20 additional levels you can actually go through, and I zoomed past those because at that point my character was almost maxed out with it, the stats and everything. Really loved the challenge of it. There's definitely a lot of things, there's definitely a lot of fun to be had with Tawaga, and I would highly recommend for people, if you want to check out this game, Watch a couple videos on YouTube at first, but it is very colorful. The gameplay is very solid. There's like little hiccups like here and there, like frame rate wise, when you're starting up the the screen, the, the title screen or something like that, going into the initial menus and this and that. But the gameplay is not really that hindered. It's available, I believe, on Steam, on PS4, on Switch, but. Yeah, this is a game where I find myself very much enjoying, and I feel like this is the first major game of 2021, which I fairly much enjoyed. Knocked that out of the park. But, as far as other games, on occasion I like to go onto the NES app on my Switch, and I decide to just try out some random games. And so, there's one NES game I was chipping away at, off and on, and that was Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> So Tecmo Bowl is an old football game back around the 1980s that's actually available to play through streaming on the Nintendo Switch. Obviously, I picked the San Francisco team because, yeah, Niners, and went through the various teams. What's kind of hilarious is I was, like I said, I've been chipping away at playing the football games and stuff like that on that game ever since the Switch game, the Switch app came out, quintessentially. So... I managed to get a couple games, one here and there and stuff, and now I, I actually finally went into the playoff stuff, so I beat Cleveland before, like, 51 to something before going into, like, the uh, the playoffs and stuff. And what's kind of hilarious is, like, I faced the Washington football team on the first yeah. round of the playoffs, and then and what's, what's interesting about it is it'll go through, like, this little roulette, like, sort of selection, so sometimes they'll... they'll uh, they'll actually mix up, like, what team gets selected, what you face next. So it was all randomized and stuff. And there was two teams left. It's like, one was Chicago and the other was Miami. And I'm like, okay, well, I tried a couple different times against both teams, had to go through, because the AI was being a real big jerk when it came to selecting certain plays. What's kind of interesting is, like, even when you have selection to four plays at a time of both offense and defense, the AI is programmed to where it will go to, like, maybe one or two plays, and you have to figure out what plays they'll use repeatedly and how you can try to counter them. 
So in and of, in, in of itself, it is sort of similar, sort of similar to like a puzzle game and a sports game sort of aesthetic where you're presented with less options than an actual football game like a Madden or this or that. But it's a lot easier to get into that regards because once I figured out what Chicago was doing and that was to, they had like basically three plays out of the four being passed and they're like at the uh, the corners like of the field. So they're they're either like doing like a uh, like a four wide receiver spread or something like that where sometimes it'll be like a crossing route going over like after like maybe five yards and cross over this or that. I decided just to control one player in my secondary and whenever they would try to use that sort of a play, I go right in front of the receiver. And if you stand, if your player stands right in front of like a wide receiver and stuff, they'll automatically intercept the ball and do this and do that. That's how I had some of my most frustrating moments with Tech Mobile because there'd be times where I feel like I would have gotten the playoff like very early, very strategic like like and uh no matter what, if they even get a hint above my wide receiver, they pick off the ball and I'm like, Oh come on <laughs> But I managed to beat Chicago and what's hilarious, the final game, the Super Bowl was San Francisco and Miami. So that is a callback to the nineteen eighties when those two teams did meet. It was a blowout mm. back then. But, uh, yeah, that game pretty much went, like, uh, almost to be expecting this stuff to where it was very competitive and stuff. But I think I ended up beating them by at least 10 to 14 points in that regards. But it was the same strategy that I used against the Chicago team previously to where the AI chose more or less more passing plays than opposed to, like, the rushing plays. So I kept on just on my uh, fastest corner that I had available. So my fastest cornerback, I select him, wait if I can get like uh, some interception or two. And I think I ended up turning over the ball like three times and stuff in my favor. (laughs) So it was a fun time. I've never played through Tech Mobile. I've heard it was a great game. First time I played it was back around, I want to say first when the Switch game, the Switch this is NES app first released, so I had a chance to play that. And, you know, just for kicks, I decided to power on the original Castlevania through that Castlevania collection thing. I went through that, obviously, and it's kind of like as you would expect, you know, it's classic game. I played through Castlevania last October on stream, and I did the same thing for playing through the original Castlevania on its collection thing on the Switch. Because you know what? Classic games are good, in my honest opinion. Big fan of the old school Castlevania games. Okay, so the last thing I did in terms of gameplay, I decided to play a little bit more and screw around a little bit more in terms of playing Dragon Ball Fighters, get a little bit more acquainted with some of the DLC characters. I did complete a couple more character trials, so that in and of itself I felt was a very good step forward because I had a long break away from that game. I have all the DLC now. There's like one more character left in the wing that I'm not sure when it's going to be released, but... uh, I feel like the game is going to be wrapping up in terms of their DLC characters. Like, just the game in general is going to be wrapping up pretty soon. Because from the smashing success Dragon Ball Fighters was, I'm very hopeful that there's going to be a sequel announced mm-hmm. for this damn game. Because it's a no-brainer at this point. Game plays really fantastic. I was just having a ball over the past week trying out the combo trials for like characters like Master Roshi... Ultra Instinct, Goku, like Videl, and of course, Super Baby 2. <laughs> but My favorite. It's, oh man, it's so fun because the best part, 
the best parts for me when you're learning the ins and outs of a fighting game is trying out the different characters and going to their combo tutorials, like how you execute some of their various combos, and then discovering, okay, how do I get into this combo from a match perspective? Okay, maybe I have to do a little bit of poking kicks or something like that, because crouch kick attacks and stuff sometimes lead into performing like some of the basic tricks and online or if you're facing off against somebody like in real life in terms of playing against them in a fighting game the quickest way you can go through and gain an advantage is not only do like a lot of like the like uh, trial and error in terms of waiting and blocking but sometimes they'll do something called like footsies to where you can go through maybe like do a little chip damage here chip damage there but when you catch your opponent off guard with like a, a down light kick, like a crouching light kick or whatever the hell, and you're able to combo it into something a little bit more significant, that feels incredibly amazing to me. I've done that sometimes online while playing Dragon Ball Fighters. But the biggest thrill I get while playing fighting games, learning how to use a character, learning how to perfect their moves, and also learning how to implement some of the combos into something in an actual match. But, uh, like I've said previously at the start of this episode, it's like I picked up a couple of Switch games for dirt cheap. I have plenty of games now that I can go through on the PS4 or the Switch. So, next week is going to be something new. I'm going to be starting a new game fairly soon. So, it's something to look forward to for next week. Very nice. Very nice. Um... I, I picked up a game. I bought a uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I haven't uh, played it yet. Yes. It came out. It just re- got re-released. Um, so uh, I, I haven't played. Like I said, I haven't played yet. But I plan on jumping into that here soon. Uh, the, the other thing I played, I talked about last week. I started playing Death Stranding again. Okay. Um, Gables. Uh-huh. I played it for a few more hours, uh-huh. and I was all fucking in, baby. I'm oh like, really? Okay, the gameplay. A little frustrating, but it's a little bit. It's a little easier now. It's I got on easy. It's not so frustrating. I'm doing okay. I had a one point where I had to do this very long trek. I go all the way north and go all the way around this mountain. We get here to talk to. There's a character named Mama because she has a she has a baby, and we just call her Mama because it's Kojima, and she has you to go. It's like I need you to go talk to this person and get them on on board with us. Because she has the upgrade we need to, to make things better for us to connect America together. And I'm like, all right. So I walk all the way around this goddamn mountain. Took me hours. Get around there. Talk to her. She's like, no, fuck you. I'm like, all right. Well, you need to go talk to mama again. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I got to walk all the way around this goddamn fucking mountain to go get to go talk to mama. So I gotta fucking walk all the way the fuck around. Get right back to goddamn mama. And then she's like, all right, well, we're going to go talk to her. I need you to carry me. I'm like, motherfucker, you have two legs. Why do I have to fucking carry you? So anyways, I had to carry Mama over the guy across, do the same fucking thing I just fucking did. Go all the way around the fucking mountain gables. All the way around the fucking mountain gables. Again, go around. And I'm like, fuck it, I'm climbing the mountain. Did you throw her from the train? I want to, if I could have, I would have. I drowned her on multiple occasions. I drowned her on multiple occasions. First couple times, not on purpose. Third or fourth time, on purpose. Like, like, 
because I try to cross the lake and I'm like, oh, it's too rapid. I can't, I can't, I, I, you fall and you lose all your shit. And I'm like, fuck. And I'm like, and then she died because I couldn't get, because I couldn't get, couldn't catch her in time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then I did it again on purpose. And I'm like, fuck you. You can get, you can, you, you have two lakes. Stand the fuck up. I stayed the fuck up. Just stand the fuck up. No, you gotta drown. Worthless. So anyways, do all the shit. Spoilers for this fucking game. I'm in like chapter seven. Um, I was in chapter three. I'm in chapter seven. Finally get there. I will. I, I'm like, fuck it. I'm, I'm not walking away around and like even driving. So it got better because you can drive, but everything's on batteries. And then the terrain's so fucking rocky and bumpy. You hit a fucking pebble and your bike just stops. And it's like, you lose all your momentum and you're just stuck at this fucking pebble and you got to go around the fucking pebble and then you got to go. It's just, and then there's three feet later, not a fucking pebble. There's just pebbles everywhere. Like you, your bike can't go over any of them. It's built to, for delivery, but it can't go for pebbles. Um, so anyways, I, uh, <sighs> fuck, I hate this goddamn game. I, I finally, get, I, I'm like, fuck, I'm climbing the mountain. I'm going, I'm just going to cut through. Spent an hour trying to get over this fuck. Just kept sliding down. Lost all my stamina. My boots wore out. Didn't work anymore. I'm fucked. Fuck. So anyways, I said, fuck it. After an hour trying to climb over this mountain, I'm going to go around. It's boring as fuck. When I finally went around. Hated every minute of it. Get all the way there. She fucking dies. But she she joined the network now. I'm like, fuck this game. I deleted it again. <laughs> I deleted it again, Gables. <laughs> I deleted it again. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. I was, I'm like, oh my God. I, I had a eureka moment. I'm like, I get it now. And it's the same fucking thing. I love, love these cutscenes. I love the characters. I love all of it. I hate playing this game. It's awful. It's so fr- like it, it makes it worse because now it's I put it on easy, so it makes it easier to get from point A to point B. But it's so fucking boring getting from point A to point B. But it, the other way, it's just so fucking frustrating to get to point A to point B and boring. So the uh, uh, I want to love it. It hurts. I hurt so bad, Gables. Like, especially where I got to the point where I'm like, I get it now. Like I was saying last week, it's getting better. I'm like, oh my God, I get it now, Gables. It's like, I can see why people love this game. And I, I don't get why people love this game. I get why people love the story and the characters because it's fucking Kojima. It's all the best parts of Kojima. But fuck this game. I'll, I'll I'll play it again in 2022 and have go through the same motions, but that's where I am right now. Because that's apparently what I do every year. I just pick it up and I, I 2019 tried and failed, 2020 tried and failed, 2021 tried and failed. So it's by by the end of this generation, I'll have beaten that game. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyways, and what sucks is I was looking. I'm like, I'm actually not that far away. I mean, I'm probably there 15 hours of gameplay in to beating it, but I'm like, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm not there. It's it's still too much. I'm like 20 hours into this campaign. I, I don't want to do it anymore. I can't. So anyways, I, I played the Resident Evil 8 uh, demo ma- uh, Maiden. Uh, it's only on PS5 right now. Um, it's only it's not even 20 minutes, but I, I enjoyed it for what it was. It's like you can't do anything. There's no combat. There's no blocking. There's no countering anything like that. Um, but uh, 
it is uh you, you're stuck in a, a cell yeah i think you're like one, you're you're one of the maids at the place with um with uh gigantus who, who i wanted to step on me so bad and her three daughters um but uh you like you, you get out of this you, you want you're just trying to escape something happened and you're trying to escape this uh the cell or escape the 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 castle and it's not very long i i, I would say if you have a ps5 if you're one of the six that have one uh you know download it check it out i it's it's good for what it is. It's a nice little sneak peek. It's very uh, much like the uh, the demo we had in uh, for Resident Evil Seven. Oh, I don't even okay. think that was actually a part of the. I don't even think it initially. It, yeah, it wasn't even the the what was it called kitchen or something like that. And, like, it was didn't even actually wasn't even part of the final game. It's just like a like a little thing of what it can be like. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Like it definitely like it doesn't change my mind any more than what. Um, and whether or not I'm gonna like this game, but I definitely think if you're someone that's on the fence or want to check it out and get more of an idea of what it is, like this is definitely a way to do it. Um, get, give a little more sneak peek of the characters. Um, it had a couple jump scares. The part that had audible yell at me was when I was playing the game and the talking ship group that I'm I'm the I'm in the talking ship messaging group on Facebook, and we were messaging back. I was playing it before the the game started today, and someone messaged me. and I got the the notification. And it dinged. And I got a, I audibly yelled while playing the uh, demo because I was so tense playing the game. So that's uh, yeah, that was something. But I, yeah, I like I, said, I enjoyed it. I think it's and it's like I think it's a good demo too, where it doesn't like I, I usually don't play in betas or demos for the most part because it's like I don't want to play that same part again. I don't like doing that. But uh, in this case, I think it's good because like I said, it doesn't. From what it looks like, this is you don't even play as Ethan or anything like that. Yeah, this won't. You're not going to be playing this part again. And it's super short. So, yeah. I think it's a nice little little peek of what this game is going to be like. But, uh, yeah. That is all I played this week. Um, but I think it's also going to wrap us up for this week. Uh, I apologize if you're watching this on Twitch right now or on YouTube later. The the video version. My camera went out like 20 minutes ago. But, uh, as far as I can tell, audio on my end is still working. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's done it a few times. But this time it just didn't come back. Um, but, yeah. if in, in that case, though. If you... Uh, do you want to watch the show live or want to see the video portion of our, our show as we're uh, as I'm still trying to work out the the kinks and the bugs of it? Um, we're doing that. We record every week live on Twitch on uh, Drunk Nerds Podcast. Just look up Drunk Nerds. If you look up Drunk Nerds Podcast on Twitch, you can't find us. But if you look up Drunk Nerds, first thing that pops up. We always record every Sunday night, usually around nine thirty Central Time, seven thirty Pacific Time. Um, but yeah, check us out. Follow us on there, but you know, or watch us all later on YouTube at Drunk Nerds. Um, and uh, we'll have the, I'll have the video and audio version is on I'll both up there for uh, whoever wants to use one. You don't want to see the video version, but you want the audio. What's going to be there, and the audio version will be edited. Uh, the video version will not. So I, just, I literally just take the the Twitch stream and put it on YouTube later. Uh, so if you want to uh, edited version of the audio part, or, you know, of, of the show, it's, it'll be on there. But uh, yeah, if, other than that, though, follow us and everything else: Facebook, Twitter. Um, YouTube, Twitch, uh, iTunes, anywhere pods or casts, we're on those. Um, appreciate all you guys uh, for checking us out this week. I was host, I was Tyler. And this has been Colonel Gables. Until next time, everyone, hope you have yourself a fun week. Definitely play some fun video games, but most importantly, among all else, thank you for listening to another fun filled episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds podcast. Thank you. Yep. Too sweet. Too sweet, man. Bye, guys. See ya.